Welcome, foolish mortals, to Disney On Demand's annual not-so-scary month-long celebration. Get your costumes on, bags in hand, and trick-or-treat. It's time, D-Heads. Disney Blue presents Disney On Demand. Every week, Disney Blue lets you relive the magic, the movies, and the memories with celebrity guests, the best of classic Disney, and breaking news on Disney's latest. So put on your ears and give it a little bibbidi-bobbidi-boo. Disney Blue's Disney On Demand is on the air! Now, here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. All right, LVD heads, you tuned in for another magical installment of Disney Blues, Disney On Demand. And the cobwebs are fresh in the corners. All the pumpkins are lit up. We're carving some more jack-o'-lanterns, baking some pumpkin seeds, and so much more as we're continuing on with our fourth annual not-so-scary month-long celebration here at the show. And to help us continue on this week for show number 120 for the week of October 8th, 2015, we're welcoming none other than the warlock himself, Daniel Coons here at the show. Now, Daniel's going to stop in and talk about a variety of different things, what it was like being part of Halloween Town 2, Calabar's Revenge, Lost Planet 3, Triple Time, 15 and Pregnant, and so much more throughout his career. He's going to tell us some great stories from the set, what it's like working with Debbie Reynolds, and maybe if Cal may pop up later on in the future. In addition, no show would be complete without the D-Team. That's right, you have the spooky questions in the coffin, and Aaron has all the answers, and I want to know. We have Caitlin donning her Haunted Mansion outfit and entering all those ghost hosts with what's happening at the Walt Disney World Resort with WDW and 2. We have Paige looking back at all the fun and frolic this Halloween season with the Magical Music Review. We have Nathan, who's uncovering the dust, the dirt, and other ghost host remains with This Week in Disney History. We have Jason, who's uncovering another Blu-ray and DVD to add to your collection as he puts on his best warlock garb and brings you the vault. We also have Randy back with what's happening this week in Disney Multimedia and maybe the digital undead. There's all kinds of news hot off the D-Wire from Swiss Family Robinson, Playmation, Walt Disney World, Disney Music, Mr. Boogity, the Disney Accelerator Program, and so much more. So there's a lot of fun things as we're continuing on with our fourth annual month-long not-so-scary Halloween celebration here at the show. But before we officially kick it off, I do want to mention that DizRadio.com is probably sponsored by DVC-Rental.com. At DVC-Rental.com, you can save up to 60% off your next Walt Disney World vacation just by purchasing unused Vacation Club points from Vacation Club members. And spend it on what else? All of those souvenirs. So definitely check them out at DVC-Rental.com, the official sponsor of Diz Radio. So, all of you D-heads, with that said, we're going to take a trip, we're going to cast some spells, maybe head on out to Halloween Town and encounter a golem, because we have none other than Daniel Coons stopping in here to help us celebrate our Halloween celebration later on in the show. So let's officially kick off show number 120 for the week of October 8th, 2015. How else? By learning how to spell Halloween. Be right back, all of you D-heads. Halloween. 
skeletons, monsters, and howling cats, spooky masks and jack-o'-lanterns, witches and devils and big black bats.
fun. For you? What about us? And now, a Disney On Demand memory. All right, Jonathan. So you want a Halloween memory? I'm going to give it to all us, D- all of those D-heads out there. No problem. Hey, gang, it's me again, Jason. Welcome to Halloween here on Disney On Demand. Halloween is a pretty special time uh, for me in regards to very grand childhood memories. And as you grow up, you never let go of a lot of those. And a lot of those memories perpetuate throughout the years into new traditions uh, that continue forward. Uh, my biggest memory in when it comes to Halloween has always been homemade costumes. Um, and, and that's just what makes Halloween Halloween for me, uh, taking the time to make something different. Now, of course, all my Halloweens when I would trick-or-treat were always in northern Indiana, so you never knew if you were going to be able to wear your costume on Halloween or you had to wear your snowsuit over your Halloween costume and tell the people who you were uh, when you went to the door. So, um, yeah, my biggest memory, snow, um, always getting a little bit of candy uh, with my friends, and, of course, the homemade costume. Uh, I've been everything from uh, various Disney characters to George Washington to... um, a green M&M. So, uh, and before green M&Ms were popular, and coincidentally, before green M&Ms were a woman. So, yeah, take that as you will. So, um, make memories with your your family. Halloween can be a time for making. I mean, not just carving out the pumpkin, which was always a great thing, and yet another great memory of roasting pumpkin seeds and having those as snacks for a very, very long time. So, gang, it's not all movies and popcorn. Well, it's a lot of popcorn down here with me, but it's always about the good times and the family memories that one can share. And I hope they pass along to you. So that's my trick-or-treat gift to you. Take care, gang, and we'll see you soon. It's Disney Blues. Disney on demand. I thought you were dead. With your host, Jonathan Johnson. What? My dad gave it to me. It shows exactly where we are on the planet. Boop, beep, 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 boop, boop. Was this baby? We'll never be alone. You just tell the man you want to go back to your mother. All right, all of you D-heads, so I am back, and I hope you enjoyed the official kickoff for show number 120 for the week of October 8th, 2015, as we have all kinds of fun as we're continuing on with our fourth annual Not-So-Scary Halloween Celebration here at the show as we're welcoming none other than Daniel Koontz here at the show, as you may know from Halloween Town 2, Calabar's Revenge, Triple Time, which is upcoming very soon, as well as 15 and Pregnant, and Lost Planet 3. And Daniel's going to stop in and talk about what it's like being a warlock, those fond memories of Halloween Town 2, and what he has up on the horizon. We have more from the D-Team, lots of great Halloween fun here, as we're continuing on with our Halloween celebration here at the show. We have tons of news hot off the D-Wire, so before I jump into that, I do want to give you all the different ways you can stay connected here at the show. And first and foremost, you can always visit our official website, at DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio.com. There you can find our full list of past shows, the complete archives, our latest news feeds, our lifetime of Disney player, and more right there on the official website at DizRadio.com, D-I-Z Radio. 
Disneyonline.com. You can also connect up with us all over the social media outlets on Facebook at Facebook.com slash DisneyOnDemand. You can friend us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash JohnDiz. That's J-O-N-D-I-Z. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and more. Just search Disney Blue, that's B-L-U, Diz Radio, D-I-Z Radio, or Disney On Demand, all of which will get you to our fun, quirky, little magical show here at DizRadio.com. And remember, you can always subscribe to our shows and get the latest ones right there on your mobile device, your iPod, your tablet, and more, just by subscribing through iTunes and Stitcher Radio and get the latest shows as they're released right there on your device. And remember, you can find all these links on the official website at DizRadio.com, D-I-Z Radio. So, all of you D-heads, with that said, lots of fun things on the horizon. So, I'm going to jump into news hot off the D-wire. And since it is Halloween, we're continuing on with our Halloween shows. Let's talk about Spirit Halloween, showing off the hottest new looks and costume trends for Halloween weekend 2015, including Disney princesses, Star Wars, Descendants, and so much more. So now Spirit Halloween is calling all goblins and ghouls, and for the first time in seven years, Halloween will fall on a Saturday, and no one wants to be caught dead in the same outfit twice. And Spirit Halloween's 2015 top costumes, they have an infographic that they now provided for a glimpse as what's going to be the rage this season. Now giving shoppers throughout the country a chance to see all new frightful things all weekend long, they have a variety of different new costumes from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the all-new Star Wars The Force Awakens, as well as do-it-yourselfers, as well as Descendants and Disney Princesses. Now, as they've released, 2015's Halloween Weekend gives every partygoer or trick-or-treater the chance to keep the festivities fun, and Spirit Halloween is there every step of the way, said Steven Silverstein, President and CEO of Spirit Halloween. Now, Spirit Halloween's 2015 Top Costumes infographic that you can find on our website as well features all new pop culture trends as well as some classic looks for the Hollow Weekenders to check out from Orange is the New Black as well as many of those Disney costumes you love. So definitely check them out at spirithalloween.com. Now, pushing right along here, let's get into something that's classic and how about... Kevin Cochran. That's right, Kevin Cochran. You may know as Moochie from Old Yeller. He was in Swiss Family Robinson, as well as many other classic Disney films, has passed away this week at the age of 66. Now, Kevin has played a big role in many Disney classics, like I mentioned, like Pollyanna, as well as Swiss Family Robinson, Old Yeller, The Mickey Mouse Club, and so many others. And it is with great sadness that we have to bow our heads in a moment of silence for Kevin right now, who died unexpectedly at the age of 66 this week. Now, pushing right along here, let's stay with those Disney classics, and how about Swiss Family Robinson? And many people that are Swiss Family Robinson fans are going to love the all-new book that is getting released. That's right, industry insiders are saying that this book is going to be the next epic blockbuster movie. Now, Return to Robinson Island from the best-selling author T.J. Hoisting is now the first Swiss Family Robinson sequel in over a hundred years. Now, based on the original 1812 Swiss Family Robinson novel, Return to Robinson Island picks up where the family left off over 200 years earlier with an all-new adventure. Now, the book is scheduled for release on October 13, 2015, and as they're saying, it ensures a page-turning, action-packed adventure with the Robinson family as they must have survival skills and guerrilla tactics to safeguard their lives and their island home. Now, weave throughout the adventure of the story is a thread of love and romance that becomes threatened by the betrayal of a family friend. Now, the Robinsons know that they will be required to use their knowledge of the island and ingenuity 
like never before. Now, will the Robinson family survive this attack? Now, Return to Robinson Island begins 15 years after the Robinson family became shipwrecked on a remote island in the East Indies. Now, the year is 1815, and Ernest Robinson is now 27 years old and a first lieutenant in the British Royal Navy. Now, when Ernest's commanding officer, Captain Charlie, is court-martialed for war crimes, Ernest is forced to tell the truth, even if his testimony sends his formal captain to prison. Meanwhile, to surprise of the many of the Robinsons, a vast trove of treasure is found on the island, and the Robinsons soon find themselves in mortal danger when Captain Charlie vows to take the treasure for his own. Now, as the author has officially put it, in 2003, I pulled out the 1960 Disney classic movie, Swiss Family Robinson, and watched it with my two sons, who were three and five years old. When the movie ended, I tucked my boys into bed and gave them my love. After returning to that evening, I woke up at one o'clock in the morning. In my mind's eye, I had a new idea for a sequel, and it was unveiled to me. It was like a vision. It was crystal clear, and I wondered what was happening with the Robinson family now. What happened after they left the island and the parents stayed behind? So now you can get it on October 13th, 2015, the all-new Return to Robinson Island. And if you want to find out more, you can visit SwissFamilyReturns.com. Now, pushing right along here with the news, let's get into the Disney Channel. And how about the Lion King sequel, The Lion Guard, set to premiere now on the Disney Channel. That's right, billed as the Lion King meets the Avengers, the Lion Guard follows Keon, second-born cub of Simba and Nala, as he takes on the leadership of the Lion Guard and assembles the best and brightest who will help him maintain the Pride Lands and keep the circle of life intact. Now, Keon gathers not a team of lions as traditional and dictated, but his own Lion Guard team of Pride Lands' fiercest, bravest, strongest, fastest, and even keenest of sight. But Keon himself must learn the power of his roar before a genuine lasting peace can come to the Pride Lands. Now, The Lion Guard Return of the Roar premieres on Sunday, November 22nd at 7 p.m. on the Disney Channel, and it is going to be fun. James Earl Jones is reprising his role once again as Mufasa, so that right there is going to be fantastic. But if you are waiting for The Lion King to return to the small screen, now Lion Guard Return of the Roar is premiering on Sunday, November 22nd at 7 p.m. Now, since we are staying with television, let's stick with Disney and ABC Television Group choosing to stomp out bowling as a partner in prevention campaign. Yes, this month, the ABC Television Group is launching its Choose Kindness Bowling Prevention Campaign across platforms in all the National Bowling Prevention Month areas that they can possibly pull off. Now, they have chosen Stomp Out Bowling, the leader in anti-bowling platforms, to stop cyberbullying in organizations for kids and teens throughout the United States to help them just lead this crusade in ending bullying. Now, in addition to the generous $25,000 donation being made by ESPN, ABC television programs like The Chew, The View, and many others are going to be highlighting Stomp Out the Bowling World Day of Bully Prevention that is going to be coming later this month. Now, they're going to have... All throughout October, many different longtime supporters that are going to be involved, including Robin Roberts, who showed her support by, by taping a PSA in honor of Blue Shirt Day to stop bully prevention. Now, as the ABC television group has released, our hope is that the campaign strengthens our communities by encouraging youth and adults to be inspired to create the world they imagine by choosing kindness and thus helping put an end to bullying, said David Ambrose, executive director of corporate citizenship and social responsibility. 
Now, Ross Eli, founder and CEO, stated it's such an honor to partner with a company that focuses on kindness and inspiration. We are so grateful to ESPN for the donation and to look forward with a long collaboration with the entire Disney and ABC and ESPN groups in educating our youth and helping them learn to respect others. If you want to find out more about Stomp Out Bowling and the campaign, you can read more about it on our official website and stay tuned all over television as they're going to have more about these all month long. In being inspirational and inspiring, how about the Disney Accelerator program showcasing 10 promising startups at the demo day? Yes, the 2015 Disney Accelerator powered by Techstars, a program designed to accelerate the growth of startup companies from around the world, hosted a demo day where 10 participating companies presented their businesses to the investment and entrepreneur communities, industry leaders, and Disney executives. Now, many of the companies announced product launches and funding, as well as new relationships and programs with several divisions of the Walt Disney Company, including ABC, Disney Consumer Products, and Interactive Media, Lucasfilm, Marvel, Walt Disney Parks and Resorts, and many others. Now, during the three-month Disney Accelerator program, the participants receive up to $120,000 in investment capital to develop their ideas along with mentor support from top Disney executives, mentors, and more. And many of these mentors are included, including the chairman and CEO, Robert Iger, as well as many leaders from Marvel, Lucasfilm, and Walt Disney Imagineering. Now, Kevin Mayer of the event has stated Disney Accelerator has allowed us to work with some of the world's most innovative startups who are developing products, experiences, and technologies that will help us shape the future of entertainment. Their entrepreneurial spirit combined with Disney's experience make for powerful combinations, and we're excited to partner with many of them and continue their journeys. Now, many of the companies that have received the funding for this is Decisive, Emotive, FEM, Hyper, Imperson, Little Star, Makey Lab, Open Bionics, and stat muse now many of these companies are fantastic like emotive creates technology to enable everyone to build a relationship with their brain emotive insight is a wearable for your brain which monitors emotions and improves mental performance now hyper makes it easy for businesses to engage in influential customers at specific locations on a personal level in real time now there's a lot of great ones here and i'm not going to go through them all but let's just say if you want to find out more check out our website but this is great that they are you know providing this outlet for people to really inspire grow and be the best that they can with many of these so like i said definitely check it out disneyaccelerator.com or you can find it on our official website now since we are talking about inspiring and learning and science and so much more how about all right i'll try it here Bill Nye, the science guy. Bill, 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 Bill. Okay, I, I sound really bad. Anyways, Bill Nye, the science guy, is headlining Magic City Comic Con in 2016. Now, Magic City Comic Con is welcoming Bill Nye, the science guy, to Miami on Friday, January 15, 2016, to meet his fans at one of the largest Comic Cons in South Florida. Now, Nye, a science educator, and we all know him from Bill Nye the Science Guy television show, he's a television host, actor, comedian, and best-selling author, is going to be signing autographs for his all-new book, Unstoppable, Harnessing Science to Change the World, and support the upcoming documentary, The Bill Nye Film, that was funded on Kickstarter. Now, as Mike Broder, who is the Magic City Comic Con founder, said Bill Nye is a geek culture rock star for those of us who grew up with him on TV. Now, Nye's appearance is sponsored by Brain Children Creative Studios, benefiting the Ann Stork Center. Now, the Ann Stork Center is dedicated to enriching the lives of children and adults with developmental disabilities. Now, Nye is also joining other TV and movie stars at the Magic City Comic Con from Doctor Who, Star Wars, Sesame Street, and so many others that we all know from many of these conventions. Now, if you want to find out more about this, 
this, definitely check them out at their official website, which is Magic City Comic Con. But Bill Nye is coming. So all of you D-Heads, with that said, I'm going to take a break here, release the reins to the D-Team for a little bit. We have all kinds of fun as we're going to continue on our trek with the fourth annual Not-So-Scary Halloween celebration here as we have all kinds of spooky fun tidbits, Halloween memories from the D-Team, and we're gearing up for our special guest, Daniel Kuhn, stopping in here very shortly from Halloween Town 2, Calabar's Revenge. So before I release the reins to the D-Team and take a handful of candy corn here, I do want to mention that DizRadio.com is probably sponsored by DVC-Rental.com. At DVC-Rental.com, you can save up to 60% of your next Walt Disney World vacation just by purchasing unused Vacation Club points from Vacation Club members and spend it on what else? All those souvenirs, Halloween decorations, and the Mickey Not-So-Scary Halloween Party. Why not? Definitely check them out at DVC-Rental.com, the official sponsor of Diz Radio. So, all of you D-Eds, with that said, I have more news on the horizon from Playmation, uh, Disney Channel, Star Wars, and even more Halloween Disney fun. So, lots of things on the horizon as we gear up for our special guest. Stopping in here very shortly, so I'm going to release the reins to the D-Team because you have questions, he has answers, and Aaron's going to answer all those questions, and I want to know with the latest from the Walt Disney World Resort with WDW and 2 with our very own Caitlin. And let's dust off those cobwebs as we have Nathan with the Ghost Host with This Week in Disney History. All right, LVD heads, I will be back. We're going to take a handful of candy corn here and, uh, you know, enjoy the show as we press on for show number 120 for the week of October 8th, 2015. Ganguly's creatures of fright, we summon you now to dance through the night. <laughs> Begin to vocalize when bring ghosts come out to socialize. Don't try to Cordially invited to the historic Gracie Manor, where there's room for the whole family. Gracie wishes to discuss his affairs over dinner. This house has a bit of history to it. And this history haunts these walls. I don't think it's a good idea to put that information on the listing. People love bathrooms. We should play up the whole toilet angle. I think that'd be best. (laughs) 
from Walt Disney Pictures. What happened here, Mr. Gracie? Do you believe in ghosts? No clue from the past. She looks like Mom. That's interesting. No message from the future. I am Madame Leota, seer of all. Oh, that's great. What is that? Can prepare you for an adventure. Find the key that must be found. That was easy. From the beyond. Hey! I'd really rather stay on the ground. Can I stay on the ground, please? Get ready. Hold on. With what? For the ride ah! of your afterlife. You'll kill us all. Some of us are already dead. <laughs> Eddie Murphy. Dark spirits from the grave come forth. Don't you make no dark spirits come out while I'm sitting. Wait till I leave before the dark spirits come out. The haunted mansion. Hi, this is Kimberly J. Brown from Halloween Town, and you're watching Disney on Demand. You have questions, we have answers. Let's dip our hands into the virtual mailbag and uncover the truth in I Want to Know. Hey, D-Heads, this is Aaron, and it's time again for another installment of I Want to Know. We had a great time camping last weekend. For once, the weather was perfect. We had some great time hiking. We had a great kickoff last week to our not-so-scary Halloween show, so let's keep the spooky times going. Let's reach into the virtual coffin and see what questions we have for this week. Our first question is from Master Gracie, a.k.a. Timothy of Minnesota, and he writes, Evening, said in my best ghost voice. Love the show and been waiting for the Halloween shows patiently since I discovered them last year. My question is about Halloween at the parks. Do all the parks do Halloween? Are character voices new for shows or split from old audio? And does Disney do a scary Halloween? Well, Disney definitely knows how to do Halloween. All the parks have some type of Halloween celebration. Disney World has Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party, which is a hard-ticket event that takes place on select dates in the evening. The highlights of this party include trick-or-treating, the Boo to You Parade, which I think is the best parade on Disney property, and the Hollow Wishes Fireworks, which is one of the best fireworks shows ever. Disneyland has Mickey's Halloween Party, which is also a hard-ticket event that takes place on select nights. The highlights include trick-or-treating, Halloween Screams Fireworks Show, and Villain Square. Most of the audio for the Halloween shows is new, but there might be some tidbits of old audio in there too. Disney doesn't really do scary, but the parties are a little bit spooky and a whole lot of fun. If you have a chance to attend one of these parties, I highly, highly recommend going. If you're looking for scary, try Universal Studios Horror Nights. It's pretty hardcore. Our next question is from Tammy Thielson of North Carolina, and she writes, Aaron O'Diz Radio, I love your part of the show. It's one of my favorites to learn all kinds of Disney stuff. So my question is for the Halloween shows. When it comes to Halloween music, we all know of the Chilling and Haunted Mansion records. But... Were there any CDs or digital releases of fun party Halloween songs? Thanks for you and boo to you. Thanks for the compliment. I'm always learning new stuff too. 
Disney has some great Halloween music CDs. There is Halloween songs and sounds which include such songs as Witch Witch is Witch by Goofy, They Don't Scare Me by Mickey, and various different spooky sound effects. Then there is Mickey's Monster Bash which includes Monster Mash by Goofy, Oogie Boogie Song by Ken Page, and various sound effects. Next is Mickey's Spooky Night, which is one of the song and story CDs. All of these are available on Amazon and fun for Halloween parties. Well, our final question this week is from Frederick R. of Utah, and he writes, Happy Hollowishes, D-Team. My question is about the Disney film Ernest Scared Stupid. I know it's Touchstone, but hey, technically it's Disney, right? What happened to the kids in the film? Did they go on to anything else? Besides Ernest, did anyone else from the cast do a Disney movie or voice? And just how many Ernest movies are there? Thank you so much for the technical help on this one. Well, Ernest Scared Stupid is a 1991 American horror comedy fantasy film starring Jim Varney. It is the fifth film to the feature that has the character Ernest P. Worrell. It has him accidentally unleashing an army of trolls upon a small town on Halloween, and the plot involves him joining a few children in fighting back. Due to its modest gross at the U.S. box office, it was the, the final Ernest film to be released under the Disney label Touchstone Pictures. All future Ernest films were independently produced, and following the financial failure of the theatrical release Ernest Rides Again, the Ernest film shifted to a straight-to-video market. There was a total of nine Ernest movies released. As far as the kids in the movie, Shay Astor, who played Elizabeth, went on to play the character Paula Kelly in a Boy Meets World episode called I Am Not a Crook. This movie was the high point in the career of the other kids in the film. Eartha Kitt, who played Frances, Old Lady Hackmore, did the voice of Bagheera in the Jungle Book Mowgli Story in 1998. She was Madame Zeroni in Holes in 2003. And she is the voice of Yzma in The Emperor's New Groove in 2000 and Kronk's New Groove in 2005. Well, D-Heads, that concludes another installment of I Want to Know. Thanks for the great questions and keep them coming. Send all your questions or comments to Aaron, E-R-I-N, at DizRadio.com. Make sure to include your name and city so I can give you credit. And remember, D-Heads, laughter is timeless, imagination has no age, and dreams are forever. We'll see you next week, D-Heads, and pleasant dreams.
a Disney on demand memory. Hey there, D Heads. Paige from the D Team here. As Halloween nears, I can't stop thinking about my favorite candy. Everyone has that one piece they can't wait to find in the bottom of their trick or treat bag, and mine is a good old Snickers bar. I'm a sucker for chocolate, and I love peanuts, so it's perfect for me. I always claim them from the bowl when we have leftover candy at my house, as long as I'm one step ahead of my dad. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm never picky when it comes to my Halloween candy. Hand me a Reese's or an Almond Joy, and I'll be just as happy. I'm not always a huge fan of the trick in Halloween, but I'll always be in for the treat. I hope you're able to find some of your favorite Halloween candy this season. In their dealings with stressed envelope to Davis and Kurt. Write down that. My name said is Hazel. Which Hazel that is? That quacking rogue is tougher than I thought. Now, come here, boys. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'll need some very gruesome ingredients. A cauldron of swamp water, double-double toil and trouble, fire burn and cauldron bubble, eye of needle, tongue of shoe, hand of clock that points at two. This is the real thing, you know, right out of Shakespeare. Neck of bottle, tail of coat, uh, whiskers from the billy goat. <laughs> Delightfully gruesome reaction. He has feet like shovels, walks like a crane, nose sticks out like a weather vane, lean and lanky and skin and bone, clothes a scarecrow would like to own. But with the ladies, he's right there, debonair and devil may care. He's no skitter, scatter brain, not old Ichabod Crane. Ichabod, odd old boy, Ichabod, that hobbledy hoy, who's his own best pride and joy, Ichabod, Ichabod Crane. Now who's the town's ladies' man? Who gets around like nobody can? Well, it has to be none other than Ichabod, Ichabod Crane. Hi there, it's Caitlin here with WDWN2, a quick rundown of what's happening in the parks. The Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique has a brand new Frozen package available just in time for Halloween. Of course, you can choose either an Anna or Elsa hairstyle and costume, makeup, nail polish, face gem, the standard princess sash and bag, along with a 12-inch Olaf plush. And if your little princess already has the dress, the boutique has an option available that includes the hairstyle and hairpiece, along with the other Frozen goodies. There's also a new Halloween Minnie Mouse option available that's super cute, perfect for your day in the parks this fall. If you're looking forward to Disney Pixar's upcoming film, The Good Dinosaur, you can catch a sneak peek of it in the One Man's Dream Theater at Hollywood Studios beginning on October 16th. We can't wait to see the clip, and we're even more excited for the premiere of the whole movie on November 25th. 
If you're a Nightmare Before Christmas fan, there's a lot of new merchandise in the parks this season. Whether you're looking for backpacks, messenger bags, purses, hats, sweatshirts, or tees, there's plenty to choose from. There are also two new Nightmare Before Christmas themed Dooney and Burke prints coming out soon. For the new merch, check out the Emporium, Star Trader, the World of Disney Store at Disney Springs, Mouse Gear in Epcot, or Beverly Sunset in Hollywood Studios. And finally, Pecos Bill Tall Tale Inn and Cafe has a brand new menu featuring Tex-Mex cuisine, like rice bowls, Southwest chicken salad, burritos, and fajitas. So there's something new for you to try out next time you're in Adventureland. Thanks for listening, and until next time, don't forget, you can fly. <laughs>
Pogue, and you're listening to DizRadio.com. Happy Halloween! The happiest place on Earth is about to get spookier. Halloween time at the Disneyland Resort returns September 13th through October 31st. It's a spirited celebration that's fun for the whole family. Mickey Mouse and his friends are all dressed up in their best Halloween costumes. You can meet and greet some of Disney's wickedest villains. And enjoy seasonal decorations at both the Disneyland Park and Disney California Adventure Park. Here's a look at some of the special treats and surprises awaiting your family during this magical season. Creep over to the Disneyland Park and pay a hair-raising visit to Haunted Mansion Holiday. The mansion's spooky makeover is brought to you by Jack Skellington from Tim Burton's The Nightmare Before Christmas. Thrill-seekers can attempt to escape the clutches of freaky phantoms on Space Mountain Ghost Galaxy. Meanwhile, little ghosts and goblins can join Mickey and his pals in a mini mask parade at Halloween Carnival at Big Thunder Ranch. On Main Street, USA, you can marvel at more than 300 uniquely carved pumpkins during the Main Street Pumpkin Festival. And have your own spirited fun watching Mickey's Sensational Parade. Over at the reimagined Disney California Adventure Park, staff of the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror is positively dying for you to drop in. As are the specters at California Screamin'. For even more thrills, cruise over to Cars Land and get ready to be floored on Radiator Springs Racers. Plus, no visit to Disney California Adventure Park is complete without experiencing the enchanting nighttime water spectacular World of Color. You can enjoy all these seasonal attractions and special activities with regular park admission during Halloween time at the Disneyland Resort. And if you're looking for even more treats, check out Mickey's Halloween Party, a special ticket event offered on select nights September 27th through October 31st, 2013. During this event, you're invited to dress up the little ones, don a costume of your own, and trick-or-treat at the ultimate neighborhood, Disneyland Park. There's no better time to gather your family and friends for some frightfully delightful fun at the Disneyland Resort where there's more to see and do during this magical season. When hinges creak in doorless chambers, and strange and frightening sounds echo through the halls, whenever candle lights flicker where the air is deathly still, that is the time when ghosts are present, practicing their terror with ghoulish delight. Welcome, foolish mortals, to the Disney On Demand and Episode 2 of Diz Radio's 4th Annual Not-So-Scary Halloween. I am your host, your ghost host, Nathan, ready to take you through another segment's worth of historical Disney facts and potential trivia in this week's This Week in Disney History. So as always, branching off that, let's begin. After all, there's no turning back now. Kicking off this week, let's begin with a Halloween throwback to This Week in Diz Radio History with show number 49 from October 2013 featuring Greg Proops. He has had a fun Halloween background from his time playing the Harlequin Demon, Devil, and Bone Daddy sax player. 
in Nightmare Before Christmas. He also voiced one of the two pod race announcers, Fode and Dewey, in Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. Other credits include Bob the Builder, and being on one of my absolute favorite shows, Whose Line Is It Anyway, as well as The Drew Carey Show. Take a trip back to a great guest and some Halloween season memories in show number 49. Now, starting out this week in Disney history, we begin in 1919 with Walt Disney, who has served as a Red Cross volunteer in France, wrapping up his tour and arriving back in the United States. In 1924, actor Charlton Heston, narrator of Disney's 1997 animated feature Hercules, is born in Evanston, Illinois. In 1946, actress Susan Sarandon, the voice of the spider in the 96 James and the Giant Peach, is born in New York City. She also portrayed Queen Nerissa in the 2007 Disney live-action movie Enchanted. In 1949, Disney's 11th animated feature film, The Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad, is released. In 1950, actor Jeff Conway, who appeared in Disney's 1977 Pete's Dragon as Willie, is born in New York City. Fans will recognize him from a few other roles, such as Bobby Wheeler on TV's Taxi and Kanicki in the hit film Grease. In 1991, today officially starts sales for Disney's Vacation Club. A preview center, which will be located at Walt Disney World, gives details to guests who wish to discover a better way to vacation through the Disney Company. In 1993, keeping in tradition with the first hockey game of the season happening, the inaugural hockey game of the Disney-owned Mighty Ducks team is held at the Anaheim Pond in California. In their first season, they will finish 33-46-5 with 71 points and fourth overall in the Pacific Division. In 1996, one of my absolute favorite movies ever, That Thing You Do, starring, written, and directed by Tom Hanks himself, is released. Following the story of a fictional one-hit wonder 1960s band from Erie, Pennsylvania, the movie features scenes shot at Disneyland towards the end. I also have to point out, it has one of my favorite scenes in a movie ever. When you see my last name, minus the S, at the end of a billboard in the beginning of the movie advertising Ailer Beer. And also in 96, Mary Gibbs, the voice of Boo in Disney Pixar's 2001 Monsters, Inc., is born in Pasadena, California. In 2003, Mickey's Philar Magic, a new PC animated 3D attraction, has its official grand opening in the Philar Magic Concert Hall at Walt Disney World's Magic Kingdom. In 2010, the Disneyland Resort opens Flynn's Arcade at Disney's California Adventure. The same night, it debuts Electronica, which is a dance party using a mix of uh, music, video, and projections, and it's all part of a promotion leading up to Disney's new movie, Tron Legacy. In 2011, time to honor the man. Thanks to him, you were able to listen to this show this week, possibly on your Apple device, Stephen Paul Jobs, who is a computer entrepreneur, one of the founders of Pixar, and a member of the Walt Disney Company Board of Directors, passing away at age 56 in California. The day following the passing of Steve Jobs, Disney CEO Bob Iger has both the United States and Disney flags flying half-mass for a week in observance of the passing of the Apple founder and Disney board member. And we're going to wrap up this week in Disney history, D-Heads, with 2014 when it was announced that Memento Mori, the Haunted Mansion-themed merchandise shop, is officially open in Liberty Square at Magic Kingdom Park, Florida. Well, D-Heads, that's all again for this week in Disney history. Hope you enjoyed and learned something that you maybe didn't know. Glad you tuned in this week. We've been dying to have you. Feel free to email me at nathan at disradio.com. And as always, guys, have a great week and see you real soon.
In the tradition of timeless family treasures like Pinocchio and Snow White comes Disney's 11th animated masterpiece, The Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad. What is it? It's the story of two classic characters who prove the greatest adventure of all is making your dreams come true. What have I been missing? Pass the dream along to your family. Come along, we'll go for a jolly ride. Own Disney's The Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad. Now on video for the first time. And now, a Disney On Demand memory. Hey, D-Heads. This is Aaron, and I wanted to share with you my favorite Halloween costume from my childhood. I've always been a huge fan of the Headless Horseman, and I loved watching Disney's The Legend of Sleepy Hollow. I still do. So when I was 10 years old, we had a costume contest at our community's local Halloween carnival. I dressed up as the Headless Horseman. Took one of my dad's white work dress shirts, and my mom made me a cape. My head came to about the middle of the shirt so I could barely see where I was walking. I carried a pumpkin head with me that doubled as my bucket to keep my candy in. It was a lot of fun and everybody loved the costume. And that D-Heads is one of my favorite costumes ever as a kid. I still love dressing up to this day to take my son out trick-or-treating and to hand out candy to the kids. Happy Halloween, everyone. Be sure to grab your death certificate. Watch out for hitchhiking ghosts. Stand clear of elevator shafts. And look over your shoulder for those Disney villains. Because this is the annual not-so-scary Halloween celebration on Disney On Demand. All right, LVD Head, so I am back, and I hope you're enjoying show number 120 for the week of October 8th, 2015, as we're continuing on with our fourth annual Not-So-Scary Halloween celebration. Definitely fun and a great romp here so far as we're gearing up for Daniel Kuntz from Halloween Town 2, Calabar's Revenge, Lost Planet 3, and so much more, as he's going to be stopping in here very shortly. But I do want to extend a very special thank you once again to the D-Team for stopping in with their signature segments. And remember, you can always connect up with the D-Team on our official website at DizRadio.com. Just go to the D-Team page, drop them a line, connect up, they won't bite, and definitely connect up with all of us here at the D-Team. You can even join us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash DisneyOnDemand, and even our Diz Radio D-Wire Facebook group as well. So thank you, D-Team, for stopping in. So as we continue on here with the show, we have more news hot off the D-Wire, so I'm just going to jump right into it. And how about Disney Cruise Line unveiling ports and itineraries for early of 2017? In 2017, Disney Cruise Lines are returning to favorite destinations in the Caribbean and Bahamas on a variety of itineraries, most from popular Florida ports. Now, limited time engagements in San Juan, Puerto Rico, Galveston, Texas, and more are all complete lineups for first part of the year. Now, during these sailings, Disney Cruise Line guests will be able to visit timeless tropical locales, dive into charming island cultures, sunbathe on golden beaches, and revel in local marketplaces. Now, most cruises feature a stop at Castaway Key, Disney's private island and paradise, and they are going to have some great things kicking off. Now, bookings are already open to the public as of today, October 8th, 2015, with more details on the 2017 itineraries coming up very soon. But they're going to have a lot from Port Canaveral with 
with three Disney ships that are going to be hitting there, Miami to kick off the Disney Magic and also San Juan and Galveston. Now these are all new itineraries that are coming for Disney Unveil, all new ports and itineraries for 2017. Now I have yet to be on a Disney cruise, I can say that, but I would love to check it out. But if you want to find out more about the itineraries, maybe book your cruise, definitely check it out at DisneyCruise.com. Now pushing along here, let's get into some Disney Halloween news and how about Mr. Boogity? That's right, Boogity Boogity Boo. You asked for it and Mr. Boogity and Bride of Boogity are available on DVD and coming to Turner Classic Movies. Now many of us old school Disney fans remember the classic Disney Sunday night movie original films. They stuck with us, you know them, Not Quite Human, The Parent Trap, Hawaiian Honeymoon, and even Mr. Boogity and Bride of Boogity. There was this time in the 80s when movies and television were something special, and it set the tone for holidays, and many times you spent the day rewinding the films over and over again to keep watching them. Now, back in 2013, we had the pleasure of having Richard Masur here on the show who you know from Mr. Boogity. Well, he was an avid fan of getting it on DVD, but now Mr. Boogity and Bride of Boogity are a two-pack DVD. Yes, at least to Disney Movie Club members. If you are a Disney Movie Club member, you can now get Mr. Boogity and Bride of Boogity as a two-movie DVD combo pack. Now, if it doesn't end there, you can definitely check it out on Turner Classic Movies. Maybe you've never seen it before and you don't know if you actually want to purchase it. Well, Turner Classic Movies is going to have Mr. Boogity airing on Thursday, October 29th, at 2 a.m. as part of their Treasures from the Vault Disney block. Now, these are all great things. Like I said, Mr. Boogity is a 1986 made-for-television family film that we all know, who is directed by Oz Scott, who also directed The Cheetah Girls and many other things. Now, this was fantastic. Now, it originally aired as an episode of the Disney Sunday movie, and it tells a story of a gags gift salesman and his family moving into a house in New England where they are soon haunted by a colonial period ghost, Mr. Boogity fantastic coming to dvd you can now get it if you're a disney movie rewards member now moving from that let's get into the music and that's definitely something that disney loves and how about now that's what i call music and walt disney records teaming up for a new collection of disney movie favorites now that's what i call disney princess now that's what i call music and walt disney records have once again teamed up for an all-new now album collection showcasing beloved disney music classics now that's what i call disney princess will be released on cd and digitally on october 30th now, building on the success of the three previously released, now that's what I call Disney volumes, they're also going to have fantastic Disney princess music from Kiss the Girl, Colors of the Wind, A Whole New World, Part of Your World, That's How You Know, Reflection, A Dream is a Wish Your Heart Makes, I See the Light, Beauty and the Beast, True Love's Kiss, Almost There, and so many others for 20 complete tracks. Now, this is something that everybody loves. It's a great compilation, something you can put in your CD and just play it for that little princess in your life and that little girl girl out there who just wants to get all the Disney princess music all in one. Well, now that's what I call music and Walt Disney Records are officially releasing it on CD and digitally on October 30th. Now that's what I call Disney princess. So all of you D heads, I did have more news hot off the D wire here from celebrity chef Art Smith to bring Florida fair to the restaurants of Disney Springs, as well as Playmation and so much more. But I did realize that we have lots of fun going on here for our Halloween celebration. So I'm going to cut this block of news a little bit shorter here, and I'm just going to release the reins to the D team a little bit more. We have all kinds of fun on the horizon. We have Jason, Paige, Randy, lots of D team, and we're gearing up for Daniel Kuntz from Halloween Town 2, Calabar's Revenge, Lost Planet 3, and more stopping in here very shortly to help us celebrate as well. So all of you D ads, I'm going to keep this one a little bit short. I'm going to say boogity, boogity, boo. 
and release the reins to the D team. And the next time you hear me, I'm going to have none other than Daniel Kuntz here with me on the line. So take it away, team. And uh, like I said, boogity, boogity, boo. getting shorter and shorter. Required voice identification. EC82. Boo! Scared you, didn't I? Hey gang, it's me again, Jason. Welcome back down to the spooky place we call the vault. Actually, it's not so spooky, but it is our not-so-scary Halloween time here at Disney On Demand. So it is my pleasure, as always, to bring out a great Blu-ray or DVD, in this case, of some wonderful Disney frightful films. Well, they're not all so frightful, but they are just ghoulishly fun to watch. Since this week's guest comes from a town in which all the pumpkins are joyfully delightful, and everyone has a witch in their lineage. I thought it was only fitting that Daniel Counts brings out the second in the great trilogy known as Halloween Town, since that's where he started his great Disney adventure. Now last Halloween I had given us a review on the original Halloween Town, so it is only fitting that our next adventure in this grand scheme comes to its sequel. And for a Disney made-for-television sequel, it's actually quite good. So let's get started, gang. Grab your trick-or-treat bag and a popcorn ball because it's time to go back to Halloween Town as we explore Halloween Town 2, Calabar's Revenge. It's only been a few years after our last encounter in Halloween Town, and Marnie has finally gotten used to her powers. 
even Gwen has warmed up to the children's powers, but would like to live a life of normalcy. Kind of difficult in the town in which they are. Of course, Aggie living upstairs in a magically concealed room doesn't help the situation either. However, this year the Cromwells have decided to overcome all of the obstacles that they have recently faced and bring a party aptly during Halloween to their home. Where the party brings everyone together and usually bringing dates. Dylan, not so easy. Marnie, luckily, yes. It seems that there's a new family in town, a father and son duo, so to speak, in which Gwen finds a little bit of an attraction. And luckily for Marnie, so does she, in Cal. Everything's going well for this year's party, but there's a disruption between the communication between Halloween Town and Earth. In order to make things right, Aggie and Marnie have to head back to Halloween Town just to check in to make sure that everything's fine. Of course, before the midnight curfew, the two realms can can exist, and they get back in time for Marnie's date with Cal. However, once they teleport into Halloween Town, it's not going to be a quick errand. Everything in Halloween Town is gray. The giant jack-o'-lantern we're all familiar with. Their, their central energy source, kind of like the power ring for the Green Lantern, gone. And all of the fantastical creatures that roam Halloween Town, back to almost human form. So it's up to the both of them to understand what's going on. They have discovered the truth about a certain young boy named Cal, his past, and his intentions for everyone in Halloween Town. All not very pretty at all. So it's up to Aggie and Marnie to use all of their power they can to save their realm and to bring back joy, or at least as much joy as you can in Halloween Town. When it comes to sequels, it's very difficult to sometimes say one is better than the other. And I have to say, Calabars of Revenge is a wonderful companion to the original. And I think that's what makes it so great that there is a DVD release for the original as well as the sequel. There is no Blu-ray release, and unfortunately there aren't that many Blu-ray releases of many of the Disney made-for-TV movies, and I wish there would be. This would be one of those trilogies that would be awesome to see in Blu-ray. Especially in Halloween Town 2, it seems that the effects department got a new memo saying, hey, we need to boost up a bit because this one is spectacular. The effects seem more realistic, so to speak. Now, as I said, this, the best way to get this film is to definitely get it on the two-pack DVD. Of course, you have the original, and then you can go right into Calabar's Revenge, and you have your whole Halloween night set. Bonus features are always what we love to look for when we're purchasing DVDs, and this is no exception. Unfortunately, little lackluster, but it does add a little added flair to the viewing. The first of the bonus features is the magic of Halloween Town movies. It's a very quick overview of the production of all of the Halloween Town movies. Basically the filming of the movie, things like that. But its primary focus was to promote one important program, and that was Halloween Town High. The other bonus feature 
was to promote another film, Twitches. That included the sister sister team of Tia and Tamara about being teenage witches. That's it. But it's nice to have these things around, at least in my view, see what was going on behind the scenes to make such an enjoyable film. Seeing the original cast reunite, Debbie Reynolds, of course, Judith Hogue, Kimberly J. Brown, it definitely shows the care and touch that goes into making a trilogy of movies, seeing that everyone is back on board. As I said, go out, find it. This double feature is available for you to purchase. Find it anywhere you can. If you can't, I know it's streaming as well, and you can rent it. Yes, you still can rent DVDs, believe it or not. But the fact of the matter is, what a great way to start Halloween. This being the second weekend of a grand month, what a great time to pick it up. We've got a couple more weeks before the big day, so prepare yourself and watch Calabar's Revenge Halloween Town 2. Well, gang, the popcorn's empty and the curtain's coming down. It can only mean one thing. It's time to say goodbye to you and all my company, but fear not, my friends. I will be back next week with another frightfully fun Disney DVD or Blu-ray to let you in on. So, gang, until next time, remember, the magic of Disney movies is always deep in that orange pumpkin and deep inside of you. This is so cool. Does she do it like this every Halloween? She's very into the whole witch thing. Um, stories, I mean. About witches. Yeah, I guess so. Hair of werewolf. This must not be easy to get. It wasn't, believe um I mean in the in the old days of fairy tales. Oh, so you know about this witch stuff too? A little. Do you know any magic spells? Well, sure. But there are pretend ones, of course. See, there are common spells that every witch knows. I mean, supposedly. And then there are the really secret ones that are only known to the witch who made them up. Or warlock. That's what male witches are called, right? Warlocks? So you've been doing some reading, too. Uh, just movies and stuff. They're not really that educational. Well, Grandma feels like witches are misunderstood, so she likes to teach us about them. Whoa. Is that supposed to be a book of spells? No. I mean, yes, um, that's what it's supposed to be, but um, you can't touch it. Oh, come on, let's just pretend, right? Well, well sure, but it's, it's still my grandma's stuff, and we... Really shouldn't be in here when she's not here, so okay. I could. So do you like ice cream? Sure. Lights, camera, action. It's time for this week's Disney On Demand special guest. 
Alright all of you Disney fans, you tuned in for another magical installment of Disney Blues Disney On Demand and Halloween is upon us. It's in the wings, the air is getting colder, you have the bats flying all around and with us here this week to help you bring all of the magic and memories from your lifetime of Disney is somebody you may know from a variety of different things from 15 and Pregnant, Lost Planet 3 as well as Halloween Town 2, Calabar's Revenge. We have none other than Daniel Koontz here with us. Welcome to Disney On Demand. Uh, thank you very much Jonathan, uh, thanks for having me. It is our pleasure having you on. I mean, you know, your resume, a lot of great topics in there that I'm sure we're going to touch base upon. But the one thing I always start with, as as always, it's kind of become a staple here at the show, is what got you into acting? Ooh, yeah, that is, that is a good question. Um, I started really, really young in Estacada, Oregon, where I was, uh, where I grew up and everything. I think it was third grade, and uh, my teacher just came up to me and said, hey, the high school's doing a play of uh, A Christmas Carol, and they wanted to know if there were any Tiny Tims, and I think you'd be good for it. So I was like, uh, okay, that sounds good to me. So just, uh, just started acting from there, and I ended up doing Tiny Tim in the high school production as a third grader, which is real funny, I'm sure. I annoyed the heck out of all of the older kids, but it uh, it was fun. I had two lines. I had God bless us, everyone, and then uh, um, like 10 o'clock, sir, or something like that. So that was my first foray into uh, acting. Well, you know, and from there then, I was going to say, it must, it must have stuck with you, right? Oh, it did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it stuck with me. I mean, I didn't really know I wanted to do it professionally until I was about 15 or so because I used to do a lot of sports, too. And I was trying to uh, do sports and uh, do plays at the same time in high school. And when I was 15, I was on the basketball team, uh, and I was doing uh, a Comedy of Errors, that Shakespeare uh, show. And uh, I couldn't do both of them because uh, all of the, the rehearsals and the practice were at the same time. And then it finally dawned on me, hey, uh, I'm never going to be a tall man. So I don't think this basketball thing is going to work out. So I decided to, to focus on the acting. Uh, uh, and that, that's pretty much from about 15. I knew that's really what I wanted to do with uh, my life and everything. Well, you know, and it's one of those things, too, where, like you said, it's, you know, everyone gets your hands into so many different things. And I can relate not being a tall guy, but loving the sport. So, you know, it pushed you into acting and so many other things. And, of course, I might as well just jump into the Disney side of it that I know all of our listeners are waiting for. And Halloween Town 2, Calabar's Revenge, because the Halloween Town series is, it's huge. I mean, it played a big part in many people's lives growing up. Uh, you know, I mean, I've even passed it down to my kids now and they enjoy watching it. I guess, uh, how did you land the role for Halloween Town 2? And uh, I guess, you know, even to this day, are you still recognized as Cal? Uh, yeah, I still get, uh, usually every October, I get a ton of Facebook requests from people that, uh, that see the movie because they play it a lot on October every year. Uh, and then uh, every once in a while in the street and stuff, it's real funny because, uh, uh, when it first came out, all of the, all the kids that watched it and stuff, they were younger, but now they're right around in their early 20s or whatever, so I get a lot of, I recognize you from something, what did you do? And then when I tell them, because I'm assuming that's what it is, the Halloween Town movie, because everybody's seen it, they go, oh yeah, that's right, Cal! Yeah, so here and there, you know, I still get recognized and stuff, but it's, a, it's always a good thing, because it was such a good movie, and uh, had such a great time working on it, and I'm just glad that I could be a part of uh, people's childhoods and stuff. Well, you know, and, and with that, too, I guess, uh, how did you land the role as Cal in the film? Um, you know, you know, I, was it a standard, uh, you know, cattle call, casting, whatnot? And uh, how did you end up, you know, becoming this iconic role now in Disney Channel Halloween history? You know, the funny thing is, is yeah, it was, it was all the standard stuff. It was through my agent and everything. And I think I ended up having four or five auditions for it. Uh, they just kept bringing me back. But the funny thing is, is the first audition for it, 
I had, it was during pilot season that I auditioned for it, which is, uh, for the viewers, if they don't know, pilot season is when they're casting all of the brand new shows that they're going to be coming out with, uh, in the fall. So you're really, really busy during pilot season with a lot of auditions. And I had had three auditions that day, and, uh, Halloween Town 2 was actually one of them. And to be honest, I hadn't actually looked at the material that much because I was more focused on another show that I really wanted to get. So when I had, uh, walked into the audition, I really didn't really know what I was doing. I was like, oh, this is whatever, blah, 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 okay, see you later, bye. Uh, and then I got a call back <laughs> and was just surprised, but I think maybe it was because I was so nonchalant about it, I just kind of went in and did the thing and didn't really think about it and um, left and focused on the other audition that I didn't even get a call back for, ironically, which is fun. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it was just uh, one of your standard audition things. Uh, after that, they just kept bringing me back uh, and I think each time I came back, I was uh, asked to come back to a higher floor in the Disney studio offices. So I ended up, on, I think, on the, like, the 22nd floor by the final callback. And funny enough, it came down to me and Jared Padalecki for the part. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I guess they, they picked me, and I guess he had to go on and do Supernatural or something after that, that poor guy. <laughs> well, you know, and you know, like, like you said, you know, you, you went in there all nonchalant, not really – focused on the material but you know what that's that's probably what played up best for you because you didn't go in there as uh you know some dark warlock yeah exactly yeah well it was just it was it was fun and it was real and honest and we just we connected in the room and the the casting director and the producers were super nice and everything so yeah it was just a great experience and four or five auditions later i get a phone call and they say hey we want you to fly up to Canada and film this movie. Now, I guess with that too, you know, and uh, being part of this film, uh, many of that is meshing with everybody as well. Now, were you familiar um, after you landed the role, of course, did you go back and watch the first film so you kind of got an idea of what was going on with it? I did, yeah. I figured I had to do a little bit of research uh, since it was Calabar's Revenge. I'm like, what is Calabar getting revenge on? I should probably know this. Uh, so, yeah, it, it helped a ton because um, when I come into the, the second movie, it's it's all based on what they did to my dad in the first. So, yeah, I, I watched it and got familiar with the characters and just to make sure I knew what I was doing when I stepped on set. Now, I guess with that, you know, and working with everybody and being, you know, on set with everybody, um, you know, what was it like working with, you know, such people like Debbie Reynolds, who has such an iconic history, you know, from Singing in the Rain and so many other things, I guess. Um, you know, what was it like, uh, you know, working with, you know, the likes of Debbie Reynolds or, you know, co, uh, co-starring alongside with uh, Kimberly Brown and whatnot? Oh, everybody was great. Debbie was just a hoot, man. At the time, I, I believe she was maybe 68, but she had the energy of a teenager. It was hilarious. She would dance around all over and crack jokes. I remember uh, one time we were filming in a warehouse and we were filming the big party scene towards the end where I'm on the rafters and all this stuff and I jump down and I'm going to shoot everybody and turn them into creatures. And and uh, it was real late. We'd been doing it for a long time. And a lot of the extras we had, because it was full of extras, there was, I don't know, 100 extras there. They started getting tired because we'd been filming all day long and they'd been on their feet. So their energy starts going down and Debbie saw that and she jumped in the middle and started singing and dancing and cracking jokes and cursing like a sailor, which is hilarious to see this tiny little pretty little uh, lady <laughs> just cursing up a storm and dancing around. Uh, yeah, so it was uh, it was kind of magical to watch her work because, for one, she is an icon and she's been an amazing and singing in the rain was just fantastic and all of the other, you know, movies she's been in and to be able to just watch uh, absolute professional do their thing and do it with a smile was uh, I learned a lot it was really really cool and then Kimberly was just great uh, Kimberly was 
super cool and nice. She was in school a lot when she wasn't filming, but uh, we got to hang out and have some dinner and um, chit-chat and everything. And, and then working with her on set, she was such a giving actress and so prepared. And especially for somebody as young as she was at the time, she was already a, a veteran, basically, in this business. So uh, uh, she was really helpful with everything. Um, yeah, yeah, it was, it was just a, a great time. Well, you know, and working with, you know, all these people, like you said, you know, being part of all this and, you know, it's such a great cast. Uh, was it like one big family there, you know, with everybody and, uh, you know, hanging out with the entire cast and whatnot? And was there, I guess, like a family bond to it or was it more of, all right, we're coming to work, we're going to film and that's it? No, no, it was definitely a family uh, family bonding thing because everybody else had already done uh, one movie together already. So this was almost like a getting to see relatives coming back together. And then with me, I was the odd man out, but they welcomed me in the first day real quick. So it was it was a really warm, open uh, environment, and everybody hang out when, hung out when we were on set and everything. And then we'd go out to dinner and uh, after uh, after filming sometimes if we weren't too tired because, you know, the filming days can get pretty long. But uh, yeah, everybody uh, got along just fantastically, and it was like a like an extended family that you hadn't seen in a while getting back together. Well, you know, and with this film too, you know, all it's gone on now. You know, people love this; it's passed on. It's definitely a Halloween movie now that's become you know this staple. Now, all these years later, are you ever just taken back by looking at it and seeing how popular it's continued to be? Because you know, Disney Channel has had so many different other Halloween movies. Um, you know, there's been a variety of them over the years. But Halloween Towns, you know, tends to be this staple. And it's like right up there with uh, the 1980s Mr. Boogity. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it has a huge following. And rightfully so, because all of the movies are really good. Um, from the first all the way to the, what, the 15th movie, I think they just did. No, they didn't do that. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, but, uh, yeah, I just... I uh, I get a real big kick out of it, and I'm I'm just really glad that it's so popular, and and people still love it, and every year it comes on, and and it finds new fans, and uh, uh, being able to work with everybody that I got to work with was a blessing, especially um, the director of ours, the second one, Mary Lambert. She she was a horror director before that, so uh, she'd done Pet Cemetery and some other like real scary horror movies. So when they asked her to come aboard, it, it was great because she had that kind of horror, darker mindset. So the Halloween Town 2 that we were in, it was it was kind of a scary movie here and there if you're young enough. You know, it, it wasn't just your your run of the mill, just kind of like kids and warlocks thing. It was a little bit freaky on top of it. And I think uh, Mary had a lot to do with that because uh, she really wanted to make sure to set a, a nice little darker tone, a little bit edgier uh, for the kids and everything. And uh, she did a good job with that. So, yeah, it's a... Uh, uh, I, I am kind of surprised at, at, at how big it is, but I'm not really that surprised because it, they were all so well done and just loved. And if I was a, a kid at that time, I would have watched them and I would have loved them too. <laughs> Definitely. You know, and it would have, uh, you know, just made it even better if uh, we would have had some Ramones Pet Cemetery playing during the credits. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that, that, that might have been a little too much. Now, I guess with these films, too, you know, you know, continuing. I mean, you have a lot of other things we're going to be talking about as well. But, you know, with uh, with the films um, being on set, uh, everybody always has these moments. Uh, you know, I'm sure it's true for you, too. Is there any moment that you can take away from, you know, being part of this film, um, whether it was on screen or off screen, that you're always going to remember forever, whether that's, you know, something funny that happened or something memorable where you're just like, that's going to make it in my memoirs one day. Uh, oh yeah, there were there were a lot of great moments, but there there was one that was 
a little bit scary, but now that I look back on it, it was really funny. Uh, the, the same scene that I was telling you about before when I was in the rafters, they actually had put me up in the rafters to film um, before Calabar jumps down or flies down. Uh, and I was about I don't know, 25, 30 feet up, and they had me attached to a harness because they were going to, like, like, lower me down onto the stage, and then I land, and then I zap the people in the audience. So they had me up there, about 25 feet up in the air, the, the harness, and when they said action, something had happened with the pulley, and it slipped, and instead of them lowering me down fairly quickly, I basically just fell, like, 25 feet <laughs> straight down. And luckily, uh, I think it was my sports training, I don't really know what it was, but luckily I landed perfectly on my feet, but it just right on the stage, just boom, and hit uh, just flat on my feet. And, you know, the, the pain shot up both of my feet, but I landed good enough, and I didn't hear a cut. So I was like, well, just the show must go on. So I'm, like, trying to, like, zap everybody and everything and just, just kind of walking, walking like my, my legs won't uh, work. And then they yell cut, and they come running over, and they're like, are you okay? I'm like, what happened? I just about fell from the sky. And then everyone had a had a good laugh, and nobody was hurt, and it was just kind of a – a nutty little thing. I mean, I'll, I'll never forget that. That's for sure. Well, you know, and and with these kind of films too, you know, the one thing that they get is like you you mentioned yourself is they get such a big fan following. Now, when the when the movie originally played on Disney Channel, um, were you just hit up by a ton of uh, you know little girls who are just like, oh my god, it's Cal? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, every every actually right after the movie came out, like everywhere I went, there'd be kids that would be. Uh, uh, pointing at me and saying, it's Cal, it's Cal. I remember I went to a, uh, to watch a movie one time in the movie theater. I don't remember what movie it was, but one of the, the kids who was working there started freaking out. He started crying and pointing and oh my god, oh my god. And I was like, well, are you okay? What's going on? He was your Cal. Halloween Cal 2 is my favorite movie ever. And I was like, oh, uh, okay. Uh, and that was the first time I'd ever actually had somebody get so emotional like that so uh, to me i really didn't know what to do either because i'm just thinking well it's, it's just me i mean there's no reason to freak out uh but uh yeah it was it was really cool because uh with this kid man you could just see it on his face like his whole world just lit up and he's crying and i'm shaking his hand and everything like it's so wonderful it's such a great movie so it was it was really cool to to see that i actually you know touched some people's lives and stuff with the movie and uh they enjoyed it you know? Well, you know, and in speaking of touching on people's lives with that kind of movie, I guess that's going to lead me to, you know, something for yourself, too. And because of Halloween, um, are there any Halloween films? They don't have to necessarily be family friendly as well. But are there any Halloween films that are your true absolute favorite since it is the season of Halloween? Ooh, uh, let's see. I don't watch a lot of scary, scary movies because the I think my imagination kind of runs wild and I get a a little too invested in it, and then I start getting freaked out watching it. And I'm one of those people that are you know, like yelling at the screen, like, no, don't go in there. What are you doing? Uh, so I'm not real big on like the, the big scary ones, but I like the, uh, I like like Monster Squad when I was a kid. I loved that movie. It was, it was fun. Um, I think that came out in what, the late 80s or maybe early Oh, yeah, 90s. that was, yeah, that was probably maybe 87. Monster Squad was yeah, awesome. one, of my yeah. fa- one of my favorites as well. Yeah, yeah, that, that's a good one. Uh, but I'm not, a, I'm not the biggest scary movie fan. I like Halloween to dress up and I love the candy and everything. Uh, but I could never get into the, like the, the Freddy Krueger. Actually, the, the first Freddy Krueger was scary. 
And then all the other ones got funny, like the one where he's got the power glove, the Nintendo power glove and stuff. That cracked me up. So I guess I like that movie. What was that Dream Warriors, I think, where the, the kids fall asleep and, yeah. Uh, so that was, that's probably a pretty good one in my books. And then like Blade. I would say that would be almost a Halloween movie because there's vampires and it's pretty freaky and stuff. Um, that's a good one. But that's a rated R one, so not a lot of people can watch that one. <laughs> well, it all depends on the age bracket here. Now, I guess, you know, with your career, so many other things you've been part of, and, you know, some of those are also voicing video games. Um, what was it like, uh, you know, jumping into that realm instead of being on screen, but actually being behind the microphone? Oh, I loved it. Actually, Lost Planet 3 was one of the most fun jobs I think I've probably ever had, ever. Because uh, when I showed up, we did motion capture for it, too. So it's actually me in the video game. It looks just like me and stuff. It just cracks me up. I've always wanted to be a cartoon character. But the fact that I got to be uh, a video game character was so cool. Uh, so they put me in the, the motion capture suit. It's basically a wet suit with a bunch of reflective balls taped all over it. And then uh, where we filmed was we walked into this big old warehouse, and the director said, you know what? We have 200 cameras all over the place and then the one attached to your helmet. So don't worry about which way you're moving. We got you no matter what. You don't have to worry about your marks. You don't have to worry about being off camera. And it was really cool and freeing because with acting, you know, you, you've got to be in character and you got to know what you're doing and all that, but you also have to know where your light is. You have to know where your T-mark is. You have to know all of these technical things that can sometimes get in the way of you just trying to live in the moment because if you're walking towards somebody in a scene – and you're getting ready to, you know, confront them about something, you also have to remember, okay, it's just two steps before I stop, because if I go too far, I'm going to confront them off camera, and no one can see it. So uh, the video game world was just great. It was so much fun. We got to play every day and run around and do all kinds of crazy stuff, and uh, I didn't have to worry about hitting my mark. I didn't have to worry about what my hair looked like. I didn't have to worry about anything. It was just get on stage and go, you know, it's, it, it was great. It was just so much fun. And then when we would get in the, uh, the sound booth to do a lot of the, uh, the voiceover stuff, um, that's even better because you just put on your headphones in the little booth and you don't, you know, you can show up in your pajamas. You don't have to worry about, like I was saying, what you look like when you're saying anything. You can contort your body and your face whichever way to make sure that you get it across in your voice. And, it, oh, man, it's just it's so much fun. I love it. Well, you know, and like you said, it's an entirely different process, you know, doing things and, you know, of course, motion capture, but, you know, like you said, being able to get that voice just right, be behind the microphone. Now, um, you know, are you a gamer yourself or have you seen anybody else play the game? Uh, you know, it's funny. My sister just sent me a picture yesterday. She just bought Lost Planet 3. Um, she hadn't uh, had it before, but uh, I have a nephew who's eight years old. So she just sent me uh, three pictures of him playing the video game, and it has me on the screen. And she said, it's so weird that my son is playing a video game that my brother is in. Uh, so it was really cool. <laughs> uh, it was, it was, uh, I got a big kick out of that. Well, you know, in addition to that as well, you know, you have a lot of different things you're working on, of course. And uh, the newest one, of course, which is Triple Time, which takes us out of out of Halloween, out of video games, and it's going to put us into that sci-fi realm. So, uh, you know, let us know a little more about that. Oh yeah, Triple Time's great. It's a it's a sci-fi, like you said, and then I play a theoretical physicist, and I invent a time machine, and then future versions of me keep coming back from the future to try to wreak havoc on my life. So I got to play all of the different versions of the same character, which was it was one of the most challenging jobs I'd ever had because not only do I have to 
the the one character of Tim, who was his name, uh, the physicist, but I have to be Tim from this timeline that comes back and Tim from this other timeline. And each Tim is the same guy, but he's changed by what has happened to him in his timeline. So it's like these subtle little tweaks that you'd have to do with the same character, but just a little bit different. And then on top of that, it was me talking to me talking to me, so it was really me talking to a bunch of tennis balls on sticks. So that was that was difficult. Uh, pretending that someone was there, you know, because we do uh, one Tim character, uh, and I talk to a tennis ball on a stick, and we do that scene, and then they say cut, and then I go around to the tennis ball on the stick, where they'd move that, and then I would be that character, uh, and then do it that way. So it was uh, it was a lot of fun, but really challenging because it was basically me. <laughs> trying to kill me and me talking me out of killing me and just all all of this crazy stuff going on all at once. Uh, so uh, it was uh, it was great. I can't wait for it to come out. Man. And uh, a bunch of special effects and green screen stuff and just uh, it's going to be really cool. Really, really cool. Well, you know, and something like that, too, you must really have to dig into, uh, I guess, your acting chops, too, if you're, you know, it's you talking to yourself. So, you know, was that one of those where you're actually envisioning yourself, or did they have a stand-in, at least, so you had somebody to look at? Well, what we did was we we couldn't have a stand-in right there because they would be on screen, uh, so they couldn't digitally take out the whole person. So we would have, it would be like a microphone stand and then a tennis ball right on top of it at my eye level. And that's what I would be talking to uh, the whole time. So we, so so I would be, yeah, I'd literally be talking to a tennis ball on a stick, uh, pretending <laughs> that it's one version of Tim talking to this version of Tim. Uh, so yeah, it was a, uh, it's ridiculous to watch in real life because <laughs> you know it, it looks just like me as a crazy guy talking to a stick. Uh, but then once uh, we put everything in, or well, not we, I'm not editing the thing, but once the director and editor put put all that stuff in it's just it's going to look seamless and great but it was a little bit challenging to do all by myself because they would have me talking to the tennis ball but then somebody off screen would be saying the lines of that character so i didn't actually have anybody that i got to look at but i did have somebody else bouncing the lines off of me at least definitely you know and that's the kind of thing too you know where at least uh you know you're going to dig deep and then when you see the final product you know that's where uh, the movie magic tends to happen Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's going to be a, a ton of special effects in it, and um, the director showed me a little bit of about 10 minutes of it, a real rough cut, and it looks really good, and I'm really excited for it to come out. Very cool. Well, you know, I guess, you know, in coming full circle here, too, you know, and getting back to, of course, Halloween, and you now it's being a Disney show, and all that kind of fun stuff with Halloween Town. Now, you know, I did bring up earlier, you know, I'm, I'm going through and reading some questions as, uh, you know, I mentioned that we were going to be speaking with you. So I asked people to write in their questions. And one of those was, if they ever decided to bring Cal back, would you be up for another Halloween Town movie? Oh, yeah, I would love to do that. Well, if you remember, at the end of the movie, I did spin around in a big ball of fire and fly off, and they said, he'll be back. And then Marnie says, and we'll be waiting. So, you know, they're they're waiting for me to come back one of these days. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, I would love to do it. I mean, everybody, I still keep in contact with uh, some of the people in the cast and everything, like Kimberly and uh, Jay Paul. He goes by now. You know, he's not Joey anymore. And, uh, 
yeah, it would it would just be great to be able to work with those guys again. And the character was so cool, and Disney is so amazing. So it's uh, yeah, sign me up, man. That'd be fun. <laughs> well, that was always the thing, you know. Everybody always wonders if there's going to be another one and whatnot. And that was going to lead us to our other question: is you know, if you hung out with any more of the cast or stayed in contact with them, you know, we've had Kimberly on the show, we've had Jay Paul on the show, who's now you know busy with his ZFO with Bradley Pierce and so many other things. I guess you know, do do you stay in contact with everybody pretty often? Uh, yeah, I stay in contact with them. Not, not often, often, you know, we'll, we'll go here and there without talking with each other, but I'm definitely Facebook friends with them. So you can always stay in contact with them on that. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, actually, uh, Kimberly and Jay Paul are going up to Oregon, I think, uh, next month because there's the town up there, St. Helens, where they filmed the first Halloween town every year. They, uh, turn downtown St. Helens into Halloween town for October. So Kimberly's going to go up there and be like the master of ceremonies and like the uh, jack-o'-lantern and Jay Paul's going to go up there and everything. I'm not going to be able to make it up, but uh, it would be fun to go up there and see him and everything and see the whole town uh, built up to look like uh, Halloween town. Well, you know, and that's the kind of thing where that's where you need to you, you need to make it happen yourself without telling anybody and have Cal just happen to show up. That would make the news. That's true. I did think about doing that, just dressing all in black and then just... <laughs> Showing up and popping out of the bushes like I'm here. <laughs> you know that that would be that would be newsworthy right there. But I guess you know so many different things, so much uh, great memories from the film. Everything you're working on now with you know sci-fi and video games. I guess uh, with that, you know, for all of your fans out there and all fans of Daniel and everything you've done and people whose lives you've touched with Halloween Town, is there any final words you'd like to leave out there for them, uh, for all those people tuning in where, you know, maybe you encouraged some young boy to become a warlock? Yeah, well, I, I hope so. I hope I encouraged him to become a good warlock, you know, or at least a warlock with style anyway, because Cal had some pretty sweet clothes. Um, I, yeah, I would just, I would just say, you know, follow, follow your passion, follow your dreams, uh, never give up and, um, you know, don't let people tell you you can't do it because you can, because why not you, right? Definitely. Well, you know, it was our pleasure having you stop in, take this time out, um, you know, celebrate Halloween with us here at the show. And I'm excited to see all the new things that you have on the horizon, uh, your newest things. Of course, I might have to sit down and play some Lost Planet myself, but I'm definitely excited to wait for triple time. And uh, thanks, Daniel, once again for stopping in. And, uh, you know, I'm I'm still passing down Halloween Town over to my children. So they're growing up watching Cal as well. So thanks once again. Oh, yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for having me on the show, Jonathan. And uh, I will definitely do that if I ever have any kids of my own. I'll, I'll pass it on down. I'll wait till they're a little bit older. You know, wait till they're old enough to watch it because it, it is pretty scary, like I was saying. But, uh, yeah, thank you so much uh, for having me on, Jonathan. It's been a pleasure. And uh, good luck to you in all of your endeavors. Terrifying! What a night! Great Halloween, everybody! I believe it was our most horrible yet! Thank you, everyone! No, thanks to you, Jack, without your brilliant leadership. Not at all, Mayor! You're such a scream, Jack! You're a witch's fondest dream! You made walls fall, Jack! Walls fall? You made the very mountains crack, Jack! The deadly nightshade you slipped me wore off, Sally. Let go! You're not ready for so much excitement. Yes, I am. You're coming with me! No, I'm not! Come back!
Here, you foolish! Ow! Ow! Ooh, Jack! You made wounds ooze and flesh crawl! Thank you! Thank you! Thank you very much! Hi, this is Dina Waters from the Haunted Mansion, and you're listening to Disney On Demand. Hey there, D-Heads. Paige here with an all-new Halloween Magical Music Review. We are in week two of our not-so-scary Halloween celebration here at Diz Radio. Jonathan has Daniel Koontz of Halloween Town fame in the studio, and we are continuing our look at Disney Halloween music. This week, I pulled out a treasure from 1997, Halloween Songs and Sounds. I have three songs queued up and ready to go, so let's waste no time. On to the music. Our first number is entitled, Which Witch is Witch? Everyone's favorite Goof and Mouse take on the lyrics. That's right, we have Goofy and Mickey in the lead of this Halloween. Halloween songs. Starting with synthesizers and bells, we bring in guitar, chimes, and drums to accompany Mick and Goof. The lyrics are devised of Mickey and Goofy trying to identify the different witches they are with, who also make an appearance in singing. They describe the differences between the ladies, but they just can't seem to tell them apart. Take a listen and enjoy. Which witch is which? Can you tell me, please, oh, which witch is which? Is it me or do they all look alike? The one is on a broom and one is on a bike. Which witch is which? They've all got crooked noses. Which witch is which? They all have curly toes. Is this making sense to say that they're identical as Now 
Next up, Mickey takes a solo song entitled They Don't Scare Me. Now, Mickey isn't in the lead on this song. Instead, the song is sung by an unlisted artist. With drums, pianos, string bass, synthesizers, a muted trumpet, and some sound effects, we have a jazzier piece. A chorus also accompanies our mysterious singer. Our singer is trying to find out what exactly scares our beloved mouse. Think he can find Mickey's limit on scary? Take a listen. Our final song is brought to us from the Hundred Acre Woods. We have Tigger bringing us I Wanna Scare Myself. We have violins, clarinets, drums, mallets, high brass, synthesizers, and low brass in this piece. Now, what we learn from this song is that Tigger likes to scare himself. The costumes, tricks, and ghosts of Halloween are perfect for him to scare himself and anyone else. Now, Tigger is bouncing in the wings to come and sing for you, so I will sign off for this week. I hope you've enjoyed these different, lesser-known Halloween songs in the Disney Music Library. As always, feel free to connect with me on the D-Wire Discussion Facebook page or at page at DizRadio.com. I hope you all have a wonderful rest of your week, and until next time, D-Heads, see ya! Ooh, I love surprises and wearing disguises A horribly hideous costume will do Better be wary, be spooky and scary I'll bounce from the shadows and boom I wanna scare myself and everyone else Those really and chilly old willies will rise Cover your eyes, little buddy, beware I'm twitching and itching to scare myself Unspeakable spookables, awful unlookables Gallop but ghosties and goblins galore What if they find you or look out behind you A terrible tiger-type roar? That would be me I wanna scare myself and everyone else. The silly and chilly old willies arrive. Cover your eyes, little buddy, beware. I'm twitching and itching to scare myself. Now. 
tickers I figure make scares even bigger. They dress up and scream, who am I, can you guess? And tricks always happen when ghosts are a-flapping, and tricks are what tickers like best. I want to scare myself and everyone else. Those silly and chilly old bullies will rise. Cover your eyes, little body, beware. I'm twitching and itching to scare myself. <laughs> and who better? Oh, by the way, boo. <laughs> What's Boo? Okay, you don't have to be afraid. But you gotta get ready for Disney Channel's Oktoberfest. Magical Every night this month, all of your favorite Halloween movies that make you laugh, jump, and scream. <laughs> including a special week of witches. Are you broads a little old to be trick-or-treating? It's all part of the premiere party for the newest Disney Channel original movie, Twitches. Starring Tia and Tamara Mori. A month of ghosts and goblins, monsters and magic, witches and wizards. You're a wizard, Harry. I'm a what? Disney Channel's Oktoberfest. Next time, Marshall gets to stay outside with the monster. Mm. No offense. Mm. Every night this month at 8, 7 central, only on Disney Channel. special edition of Disney's Multimedia. Randy will be giving you the latest news on what's happening over at the Walt Disney Company. As growing up as a kid, I remember doing coloring books with my sister and taking them over to my grandparents over when we spent our summer vacation there for a week. And we would color different pictures, and for myself, I like to do free hand drawing. Well, it seems like now, with the latest technology of tablets, we may see our coloring book images coming to life. With the Color Alive line, Crayola was the first company to merge coloring books and apps so kids could bring their own page creations to life. Disney Research is taking that idea one step further by letting kids see a coloring book character move in 3D while they're coloring it. It is all possible by the new augmented reality app that Disney Research has developed that's able to track and capture real-time images from the mobile device camera. Then the th it turns into pixelated magic by turning it into 3D surface that is captured by the camera. As you can see before, you can color by the crayons that you're using to, to bring these characters to life. The app is still in research phases, but don't expect to be available for download or to work with any coloring books that you buy from the Disney store just yet. As we see the leaves falling down from the trees, turning the nice golden red and orange colors, the crisp air, fall season, and the sounds and the sights of getting ready to see pumpkin spice everywhere. <laughs> Yes, I love to enjoy a pumpkin spice latte or pumpkin spice roll. Very delicious. For those who love pumpkin and eating pumpkin pie, just like I do, and many others, different pumpkin recipes, you can use the pumpkin leaves for cooking. Yes, they're not just only edible, but they're rich in iron and protein and vitamin A and C. You can use them in a soup, salad, or even a stir-fry. Purdue University created a licking machine solved the mystery of how many licks does it get to the center of a Tootsie Pop. 
Well, on average, they concluded that 364 licks does get to the center of the Tootsie Pop. Be sure to tune in next time for the latest Disney multimedia. Keep your eyes, ears, and gobbler senses alerted to the latest Disney multimedia around you. Until then, see you next time. Listening to Disney On Demand's annual not-so-scary month-long celebration. Beware of hitchhiking ghosts. <laughs> all right, all VD heads, I am back, and I hope you enjoyed this week's show. Lots of fun as we're continuing all month long with our fourth annual not-so-scary Halloween celebration here at the show. I want to extend a very special thank you once again to the talented Daniel Coons for stopping in here, chatting with us, reliving great moments from Halloween Town 2 Calabar's Revenge and his upcoming sci-fi film Triple Time and so much more. Definitely stay connected with him as all the different things that he has on the horizon. Thank you, Daniel, once again for stopping in. I'd also like to thank the D-team of Aaron, Caitlin, Page, Nathan, Jason, and Randy all for stopping in here this week with their signature segments, their Halloween memories, and all kinds of frightful fun. Without the D-Team, you'd have nothing else but to listen to me ramble week in and week out. So thank you, D-Team, for stopping in and adding that bit of magic for our Halloween celebration here this week. And most of all, I want to thank you, the D-Heads. You are the reason we continue to bring this show to you every single week, week in, week out, for the last five years. You're the reason that our not-so-scary Halloween celebration is so big, so popular, you continue to make the magic happen. So thank you, all the D-Heads. So, all of you D-Heads, with that said, next week we are not slowing down. We have even more from our month-long Halloween celebration as we have a very special guest stopping in here at the show. But before I do that, I do want to give you all the different ways that you can stay connected here at the show. And first and foremost, you can always visit our official website at DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio.com. There you can find our full list of past shows, the complete archives, our latest news blogs, and more right there on the official website at DizRadio.com. D-I-Z-Radio.com. You can also connect up with us all over the social media outlets on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Disney On Demand. You can friend us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash John Diz. That's J-O-N-D-I-Z. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and so much more. Just search Disney Blue, that's B-L-U, Diz Radio, D-I-Z Radio, or Disney On Demand all of which will help you find your way to our magnificent, fun, little quirky show. Also, you can always get the latest shows right there on your mobile device, your tablet, and more just by subscribing through Stitcher Radio and iTunes and getting the latest right there on your device just by subscribing through iTunes and Stitcher Radio. And remember, you can find all of these links and more on our official website at DizRadio.com. So, all of you D-heads, with that said, lots of fun. We're into our second week here of our fourth annual Not-So-Scary Halloween celebration, and we are not slowing down. We have so much more on the horizon, so definitely get ready, because next week, we have a very special guest stopping in here at the show, something that played a part in my childhood, many of your childhoods, and more. So, you know what? I'm just going to give you a little hint, as I always do, and I'm going to say, boogity, boogity, boo. Take it for what it's worth. 
So all of you D-heads, with that said, Halloween's fun. We're getting our costumes ready. And remember, as things get busy, as this is a busy time of the year for many people, slow down, take time, and never neglect family for business. Until next week, all of you D-heads, have fun, make those memories, and I am looking forward to seeing all your carved jack-o'-lanterns with your families. See you next week, D-heads. Thank you for tuning in to Disney Blues, Disney On Demand. The content and thoughts expressed are those of the show and not the Disney company. Now go on and relive the magic, memories, and appreciation from your lifetime of Disney. See you real soon.